Back to the Writer's Block, presented by Bud Select with Hockman, Gould, and Fredrickson on the all-new 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM, and InsideSTL.com. Lake Charles, Louisiana, little basic girl I once knew. And she told me just to come on by, it was anything that she could do. Up on Cripple Creek, she sends me. Great song, Chris. Are those lyrics offensive? No, see, th- this was not the song that we sang in uh, eighth grade chorus. You say Cripple Creek. Yeah, but it was like an old timey tune. It wasn't. This one must be an updated version. Well, this is still called Cripple Creek. I know. Is that offensive? No. Not for a broad audience, an adult audience, for eighth grade chorus kids. Yeah, I think so. We're trying to learn how to speak about people with respect. And you didn't want to use the word cripple. So we change it to the uh we change it to nipple. I'll tell you what word I will start using from now on though. <laughs> GIF. Yes. A GIF, if you don't know, are like the things people tweet. It's like the little like five second video that does it in a loop. Some people mispronounce it as GIF, but uh, we actually have gone done some research here, and by research I mean we've received a uh, a text from Stubby Applause mm-hmm. who said the creator of GIF says it's supposed to be pronounced GIF. This is a quoted article. This appeared in the New York Times. I uh, did some research on my own during the break. The debate, Jeremy Rutherford. The debate over how to pronounce GIF, which stands for Graphics Interchange Format, reemerged. You said it stands for Graphics what? Are you going to let me finish? No. See, yeah. So I'm not. To, you need to, you need to pot, pot him down. The debate over how to pronounce GIF, which stands for Graphics Interchange Format, reemerged this week when Steve... Is that Will Hyde? Yep. The inventor of the widely used web illustration declared it should be pronounced GIF, like the brand of peanut butter, rather than with a hard G sound. So that settles it. That settles it. It doesn't, and he's wrong, but that's fine. He can't be wrong. He invented the word. That doesn't mean anything. The, etymo- the etymology well, is Steve Will Hyde. Hold on one second. That doesn't mean it, anything. That's exactly how language works. How do you no, say it not. doesn't mean anything when it would not exist if it wasn't for Steve? Well, I mean, good on Steve for creating them. I enjoy GIFs, but he's saying it wrong. It, it, that's the See, long and like, short of it. I don't like have anything else for you. This is like when someone has a this name is... and they have a baby and they name the baby an odd name, but they say, no, that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. Who are you to say, no, yeah. that's not how it's supposed to be pronounced? You don't get to decide that. Right. They he do. Created well, that is, person. This is not a child that's a little bit different. This The child similar, is the though. name. The name. Are you one of those people he who invented the way the name. people's names are spelled and you say, well, that's, I'm not going to call you... I'm not going to call you by your name the way you want to be no, called. No, hey, I'm we've all got the way it's spelled. Listen, we've all got our opinions, and that's that's fine. Uh, this is opinion are, based. No, this I is would, fact based. No, I would say it is pretty well within the you know the, the the matter of public opinion. You just take a a listen to how the majority of people say it. Right, and most people say it correctly. That's, and that's not a good way. idea. That's not a good way to go. Oh no, I don't see. any... That's not a good way just to decide things. I don't think there's any problem with that. I don't yeah, see any way that could turn sour at all. Of problems with that. I don't think so. If it was Jif, he'd have named it like the peanut butter. No, he wouldn't not have incorrectly. So he can hold on. Hold on. Graphic. Hold on. No, stop. Stop with talking. A hard G. Turn your mic off. I'm good with stop that. Stop talking. Calm down now. You're wrong. And you I would argue it. that you're wrong your, as well. Your millennial attitude has to <laughs> accept this. No. Yourself, uh, given, this is why people so. don't like I millennials, think set, what I think, you're saying I think right we've now. settled it, Chris. We've settled it. I don't think so. Richard Pritchard agrees with us. 100% pronounced Jif. Um, That's this, okay. This texter says haircut should go bet a dollar on something. Everybody's got their views. 
Everybody's got their this views. This is not opinion based, though. This is not a subjective. This, See, this is, is a fact. I would agree. It's a fact. It's GIF, and that's it. That's all there it's, is. No, it's the guy. You can't, you can't who, argue it, with the with the millennials. The, Chris. the guy who invents the word gets to decide how it's used. He's not. He's not wrong. You're wrong for mispronouncing it. It's that simple. You know, look. You Just can't. because most people <laughs> say it away doesn't mean that they're right. It just simply means that the majority of people are wrong. Majority doesn't necessarily mean right. So it's simple. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how else to find the, find out what it should be called other than to ask the person who invented it. You know. Yeah, I mean the etymology begins and ends with him. That's what it is. It's that simple. Not now. I'm glad. But apparently, we... like we're not the only people who fight about this. I mean, this is like well, they, they're calling it one of the biggest fights on the internet. These days, see, like I don't see a reason to fight anymore now that I've been given this information. I never put in the thought or the effort to research it, but now knowing this, I and like I've said, I've said gift before. Now that I have the education on this, I simply change what I say to correct it and be be right about it, right? So I well, say I don't GIF know. I, now. I, I guess I would argue that you know I I agree with you, but there are a lot of people who are uh, well. That's stubbornness. Are, there are a lot of people who are, me, who are who are fighting with Brendan on this. I understand stubbornness. Let's settle it once and for all. We're going to head out on the uh, on the phone lines to bring in our good buddy, Dave Matter, covers Mizzou for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Joining us here, Dave, is it GIF or GIF? I never know on that one. I think I go I go GIF. Cause well, GIF then you'd be right. Peanut butter. Oh, well, okay, yeah. now what if we told you... GIF is peanut butter. What if we told you that the guy who created these uh, web, these web illustrations, as they're called, uh, he pronounces them GIF? Oh, well, that's his fault, I guess. I don't know. I, I've always wondered that. I always feel uncomfortable in trying to um, say the word myself because I don't know if the other person I'm talking to really knows what they're called, <laughs> and I don't. You just avoid it? Yeah, it's very... I, I always feel very insecure trying to see it. The <laughs> you know that Did thing on Twitter. G- G- yes. <laughs> I think I think yeah, that's what I've always done in the press. I've said it both ways. I've just said you know GIF okay. or GIF, whatever you call it. Yeah, that's what I've done. That's the easiest way out. Well, we're trying or to you uh, just pause and and point at it. And say, Here, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey Dave, thanks for joining us, man. We wanted to uh, catch up with you about uh, all things Mizzou, but want to start with the uh, the news you had it. Um, online and in the, the post dispatch about Mizzou presenting its uh, proposal for renovations of the uh, of the football stadium. Um, tell take us a little bit through this process. How does it work? What do you expect when this goes in front of the uh, the board of curators tomorrow? Right. Yeah. On on Thursday, uh, athletics or Jim Sturk or somebody representing athletics will basically make a proposal. And this is not for the entire renovation project. This is only for the design costs, which are set at, I think, $4.3 million, and the selection of the architect, uh, which they have picked um, a Kansas City firm, Populous, I believe it's called. They've done a lot of work around this part of the country with uh, other stadium projects. So they're going to get try to propose that, and their hope is to get that confirmed by the curator so that they can move forward then uh, with the design plans for the the the, uh, the facility project, and then at a later date, get the full approval for that. So you got to start with the architect, you got to start with the design, uh, and then move from there. You know, I've talked to some people who um, I don't know if this is necessarily this whole project is going to be kind of a rubber stamp like these things usually are in the past. I think the economic climate in the state, and especially with 
state funding under the new budget for for higher education could throw a, a little bit of a of a of a crimp here in this in this process. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff is self sufficient funding by the the, the athletics department. They've raised about fifty million dollars for this project. It's going to be about a hundred million dollars. They'll use the other. They'll cover the rest on revenue bonds through the university, which will they'll, they'll pay back pretty quickly, I would think, through the money that they'll make from the the suites that will be in part of this project. But you do have to borrow some money to get it done. Does it look good right now uh, to be borrowing that kind of money from the university when the university is getting a lot of money slashed from the new governor's budget? So. There could be some dialogue here, maybe more than usual, but I, I did speak to some people that think that it will pass eventually. And this first part will pass. The money's already been raised uh, to, to cover the design costs. It's just a question of will the rest of it be, be approved when it's time to get that approval. What, is, uh, what do you make of – what can you tell us about the state of the Board of Curators right now? Because there have been some it's, – it's, it's a little different right now because of some of the moves that, that Governor right. Eric Greitens has made. How does that help or hurt – athletics um, when it comes to not just this project, but anything it needs to work with the university on? Well, there's only six voting curators right now because uh, two of them that were um, assigned or three of them that were assigned when the legislature was out of session by uh, former Governor Nixon, um, they were not, I guess you can call it, reconfirmed by by Governor Greitens, and he has not appointed any new curators, so there's basically three empty seats. Now, six is enough, though, to to vote on something. If there were, I think, four or less, then they couldn't vote on anything. But there are six, so they can vote on, on measures that will be put before them on, on Thursday and Friday. Um, you know, one of the, 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 one of the, the three that uh, is, is not voting right now, is not back, is, is John Sunvold, who, you know, the one person that sports fans will definitely know from Missouri's Board of Curators. And not, I thought he was a really smart, savvy move by, by Jay Nixon as far as just athletics go because he's somebody that understands college athletics and a lot of what these curators do a lot of it's not athletics related but all the big money projects whether it's a a major hire or a a facility project like this the curators do have to approve of it and they they discuss it and they ultimately make the decision yay or nay and he's a guy that just understands college athletics much more so than anybody else that that serves on those boards so I, i thought he was a valuable guy to have on that board uh, now he's not because he was not, um, you know, confirmed by Greitens. So moving forward, we'll just have to see who he puts on or who he nominates to uh, to serve those other empty spots. There are going to be people who think uh, um, who think why would Mizzou need to upgrade or expand or do anything uh, to to increase the fan experience at the football stadium when the when the attendance and the crowds have been have been shrinking and the football team hasn't had as much success in recent years. Can you, I guess, put it into perspective what Mizzou's trying to do and how that compares with the rest of the uh, the SEC? Because even though Mizzou has struggled, um, it's still making more money now than it has in some time because of the revenue sharing in the SEC, but that comes with a cost, and it's keeping up with the Joneses in the conference. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't look at these things from the viewpoint of what's happened the last two years. I mean, you look back at 2014 and 2013, which were just three and four years ago, um, they were selling that place out for SEC games, and um, the place was at capacity. This this isn't about raising capacity and making the stadium bigger. This is about enhancing revenue, for one. We, we, they're planning on adding 24 private suites into the south end of the, of the uh, end zone, and those suite tickets will cost a lot more than a normal, uh, nor- normal uh, GA seat will cost. And 
there's a demand for that. The, the, the suites on the other sides of the stadium, on the east and west, are, I think, 97% full already, um, already have the commitments um, to have those sold out for, for the coming season. So they know that there's a demand, there's a market for those, and, and that's, that's what schools do these days. I mean, that's what Major League Sports uh, franchises do. That's how they, you make more money. And we've seen that, yeah, Missouri's making more money than ever before. They're also spending a lot more money than ever before. And, and for these last couple cycles, uh, their spending is going up at a higher rate than, than their revenue is going up. And that's going to be true again next year when the last two seasons uh, or the last season of football and this current season of basketball, when the ticket sales are, are going to be reflected on those numbers. So um, you don't join this conference if you just want to keep things status quo. That was Gary Pinkle's message back in 2011 when Missouri's decision makers were trying to decide if they should join the SEC. He said, hey, I'll be all for it, but you're making a huge mistake if you're not willing to invest every year and build up your facilities because everybody else in this conference will do it. And that's absolutely the case. I mean, I I go to these stadiums every other year for football, and they look different every other year because they've added something new. Same thing goes on in, in basketball. Even though it's not as much of a basketball league, you constantly see upgrades. So if, if Missouri's not interested in doing that at the university level, then then they made a mistake a couple of years ago deciding to join this conference. Yeah, it's uh, I think Pinkle once said, if the crane's not up, something's wrong. Um, that was one of his uh, quotes about kind of the constant need for innovations. Hey, I want to switch to basketball. Um, the Tigers get a 83-78 win over Arkansas on Rally for Ryan Knight. I mean, just a, a, a bright spot um, in, a, in, a, in a bad season for Mizzou basketball. What a night to do it, especially against former Mizzou basketball coach Mike Anderson snaps the longest, the worst um, losing streak, a worst in conference losing streak Missouri has had, um, and it, and it, and it's finally uh, it's finally over. Um, I don't think anybody's expecting this to help Mizzou go on a run, or I mean, it's we're past that point here. But just how cool was it for this team, for these guys, for Kim Anderson and his coaches to get this win on that special night? Yeah, it, it really would have been the ultimate buzzkill to to set the school record for consecutive losses on a day that was about so much more than basketball. And, um, you know, that the, the players, they played a, a lot like they did a year ago in the rally for Ryan game when they beat Tennessee. And, and strangely enough, I was looking at the numbers yesterday. It was their best shooting performance percentage wise in a conference game since last year's rally for Ryan game. It was, wow. it was Missouri's highest scoring conference game under Kim Anderson in two and a half years. So, which begs the question, why can't he get this out of this team more often than, than when they just have this, this very important emotionally charged uh, charity game for that little girl that we know that these, these players really really love and care about? It's great that they're able to do it, but, but why does it take that to, to get that out of them? Um, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, that, that's got to be kind of the follow-up question that, that Kim has to ask himself and ask this team as they, they move forward. I mean, they look like a functional, good team on on uh, on Saturday, you know they shot the ball well. They they answered every time Arkansas did anything, which is which is what Missouri has not done this year. Uh, and nobody really had a bad game. They all either on on the defensive end or the offensive end. Everybody played pretty well for the most part. And that's just what we have not seen from this team in a long time. I know uh, one of the things that will be a big factor in whatever direction Missouri basketball goes after this season. They're gonna, of course a lot of people, most people think that. They're going to be looking for for a new coach, and if whoever that coach is is going to have questions about the current roster. Um, one of the good things, the selling points, is that this is a young team. It's going to have a lot of experience coming back. Who have you seen strides or growth from this season? That if you're if you're shopping the Mizzou job, 
that you can tell someone, hey, look, this is why you should come here. These are the guys who are going to help you come into a team that's going to be able to compete sooner rather than later? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I I think you got to you got to start with Kevin Purrier. I think he really is the the heart and soul of this team. Um, he's a guy that he was their leading scorer a year ago, and I think he took that upon himself, meaning that he had to be a lot better than he was last year. Numbers wise, he's he's been a little bit up and down, but he is a really sturdy player that does things well. He's just he he's asked to play a position where he, he should be six nine, and he's only you know barely six seven. But I I think he's somebody that. Um, you know, you can rely on, and, and any new coach would love to have. Um, Jordan Barnett shows flashes of being a really good offensive player. He had 17 points off the bench the other day, and I think a good thing about him is he's, he's very selfless. You know, he, he had been starting for a long time. They put him to the bench. Uh, he came in and, and had, you know, his best game he's had in a while. He did, didn't let bother him that he didn't start. Um, so I, there's definitely something salvageable there. Um, and, you know, Terrence Phillips, his, his, his stat line can be up and down. Um, you know, sometimes he, he gets kind of reckless with his defense and he gets too many fouls and, and costs himself. Um, but when he's really focused, he's a guy that puts up assists. Uh, he's, he's a much improved shooter from three point range. And, um, you know, when he's dialed in defensively, he's a pretty good player. So there's definitely parts there where if you, ta- if you were a new coach taking over this team, you can say, okay, I can do something with this nucleus. Um, obviously, they're not, they're not good enough, they're not talented or deep enough um, to be even a middle-of-the-pack SEC team right now. But there's some, there's some interesting pieces there. Good stuff, Dave. We appreciate the insight, man. Uh, we'll look for more coverage of the, uh, the stadium developments, and uh, we'll uh, catch up with you. Well, I guess not. I mean, this was probably the last time we'll talk to you here on the Riders Block, so thanks for being a, yeah. uh, thanks for being a, a, a longtime guest, and we appreciate it, man. And we'll, uh, we'll, maybe we'll just call you on our off days to talk about 90210 okay. or something. Take, take my word for it. I wore all black today. Like, it's kind of a thing. <laughs> awesome, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, guys. That's Dave Matter of the Post-Dispatch joining us here on the Riders Block, presented by Bud Select. What's up, Chris? Hey, the Cajun Cook-Off, Saturday, February. February 11th from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Learn from the pros. Cajun cooking demos from Jay Ducati of the Food Network and Travel Channel. Mike Johnson, Tom Schmidt, Haley Riley, they're all going to be there with a little St. Louis flavor. Watch talented amateur chefs compete for prizes in a contest hosted by Jay Ducati. Enjoy complimentary Cajun dishes, samples from the demos, and an open bar, live music, and a dance floor Going to be there as well. Advanced tickets available at stlmardigras.org for $35, $45 at the door. Takes place at the Bud Light Party Center in Soulard Market Park. It's the Cajun Cook-Off Saturday, February 11th from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Also want to mention the Kitchen Pass at the Cajun Cook-Off presented by Mardi Gras, Inc. Inside STL and 590 The Fan. We're offering this exclusively to our listeners Saturday, February 11th, like we had said, at Soulard Market Park from 9 to 4 this is a unique experience for 40 listeners to get an inside experience into behind-the-scenes STL dining. We mentioned the guys that were going to be there, uh, and like, you know, Tom Schmidt, Mike Johnson, Mike Emerson, got some demos going on with all of that. But this also includes a premium open bar featuring Jim Beam, F and Vodka, Hordito's Tequila, Barefoot Bubbly, Bloody Mary Mix, and Tim Lorson's private stash of damn good whiskey for sampling and only to enjoy in the kitchen. Purchase tickets for this right now at InsideSTL.com. Good stuff, Chris. Thank you. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back here on the Riders Block presented by Bud Select. You're listening to the all-new 190 Band 1057 HD2 and InsideSTL.com.